This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, we're back. It's the Super Bowl of Basketball Week. And who better to talk about that with than Billy Scafuri? You getting bucket buckets. And it's featuring your second favorite team, the Boston Celtics. Congratulations, Amir. Yeah, this is sort of a doomsday scenario for most Laker fans because, you know, people are fed up with the Warriors and now they're going up against our storied rival, the Boston Celtics. Some some people are split. Some people are split. They're like, you know what? The recent hatred of the Warriors trumps the traditional hatred of the Celtics. Me? I'm not so mad at the Warriors. I'm not I'm not like one of those guys that are like, fuck the Warriors. They're so annoying. They kept winning. I'm still rooting for them to beat the Celtics. And you're still holding a grudge from the Magic Bird era? Am I right in saying that? No, because, well, that's when things um, happened in the 80s. I mean, there was like even before that in the 60s, then the 80s. But then there was always the, the Kevin Garnett versus uh-huh. Kobe years. So okay. it's like, they beat us, then we beat them in seven. And it was, you know, back and forth even as recently as 2010. That's good. So it wasn't like my father told me that this house hates the Celtics. It's yes. like you've had enough recent games against one another that that's still uh, relevant. Yeah. Okay. okay. Every 20-ish or so years, it, uh, the rivalry is renewed. Have you ever had a, let's call it in the last 10 years, or when uh, the Warriors have been a dynasty where the Lakers have been relevant enough to fight against them and have like a playoff series against one another or something that I'm not remembering? No, and that's why I don't really, like when the Warriors were great, the Lakers were terrible, and they never right. like, beat the Lakers in a playoff match. Actually, the the first time I remember feeling annoyed with the Warriors is during that play-in game where LeBron got blinded and like that's it. three. That's that was the thing you've the got. Warriors. But they were also so hobbled that the Lakers actually beat them, so I wasn't necessarily that upset at them then either. Right. And that's like such a funny approach to that combination of two iconic franchises over the last decade, let's call it, because they were both in the play-in tournament for that's the right. first time. They both yeah. limped in that one like off year. Yeah, and the Warriors even lost. They didn't even make it. The, the Warriors were like the team, the playing team that didn't make it into the playoffs. And this was just a year ago? And Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah, what the hell happened? Well, they crushed Dallas. That was a, I mean, I think we could start with, these are two pretty weird and bad uh, conference finals, correct? Yeah, we didn't necessarily love the games. They were a mm. um, lot of blowouts. And then in the East, it was just people getting hurt and not necessarily playing their potential. Yeah. And do you think I heard, was it Cuban? It might have been Mark Cuban who posited that the days that the play-in games now require are like vacuums out, vacuumed out of the like postseason schedule. So now they have like three or four less games for the series. And that is bec- making these players hurt, tired, and they can't recover to give you yeah. good games. I mean, Boston especially went to seven with Milwaukee every other day and then went straight into a Miami series. And that was also every other day. So they're like played 14 games in 28 days, no rest. And these were like rock fight of games. They weren't necessarily like, you know, free flowing, fun 
um, carefree, non-contact games. They were like severe competitions. So we are going to cover probably, I guess, the conference finals that just happened. And we'll talk about, I guess, our predictions and everything for the upcoming finals. But before we get there, I have five trivia questions. Yes. Just to kind of... Yeah, just like this is an improv game, just to kind of get the brain loosened up for the podcast today, okay? Okay, are they, is it trivia about the Celtics and the Warriors? Figure out the themes as the questions are rolled out. But I will always have an answer that pertains to one of those two teams, even if the correct answer isn't a player on those two teams. You'll understand as we play, okay? Love it, I'm ready. Do you know who holds the record for the best three-point percentage ever in a season? See, this is just a classic NBA trivia question. I All love time. It. All I absolutely time. love it. Um, Best I have three some points. Per- yes, well, please. Let them go. My gut, right off the bat, mm-hmm. just out of the blue, I want to say either Steve Kerr, because he's the coach of the Warriors, or just like, let me just throw out there Tim Legler. Give me a wow. 50% season from Timmy Legs. You have to choose one. Final answer. Is it answer. one of those two? It is one of those two. I'm shocked. <sighs> you know what? Because it would be so. It would be devastating if I said Kerr and it was Legler after fucking going to Legler. So I'm gonna go Legler and then Kerr two. Final answer: Legler one, Kerr two. <laughs> Legler one, Kerr two. I don't know how to tell you this, but it's Steve Kerr. No! <laughs> Legler's Steve, not even in the top 20. I don't know. He's nowhere on my map. Let's put it that way. Can you now guess what he shot for the season? What percentage? It's got to be like 50 or 51. Like, I think when the three point Quite close. was a little closer in, those guys were hitting almost 50%, if not a little bit higher. And now think that it's the greatest season of all time. So you could probably even go a little higher than that. Oh. Do you want to put a full number on it just to see if you can stick this one? 51%. Enough to own the majority of his threes. Steve Kerr shot 52.5% one that's year. That's insane. I mean, no. that's very, very good. Okay. Second question. Yep. Who had the most turnovers this season in the NBA? Oh. Would that be my man, Mr. Triple Double? Why not Brody Russell Westbrook? He was second. Wow, somebody out turnovered an 81 game season from Russell Westbrook. That's correct. Sad. Is it James Harden? It is Trey Young. Oh, that's cool because he also led the NBA in points and assists. So he just that's sort of it. did it all t- this year. Did it all. Can you yeah. guess how many turnovers uh, would give him the crown for most turnovers in a season? Uh, 225, three a game. He was the only player in the NBA to hit the 300 mark. 303 wow. turnovers this season. Wow. Almost four a game. That's, That's a lot. right. That's a who lot. Do you think, who do you think led the Celtics, and who do you think led the Golden State Warriors and put a number on it? Ooh, in turnovers? Uh, Steph for turnovers, because uh, he has the ball a lot. Uh, let's say half that number, 151. Correct on the man, wrong on the number. Curry, 206 turnovers this season. Okay, okay. Still 100 less than Trey. Way to control Mm -hmm. the ball. Now, do you think that the Celtics player had more or less than 206 turnovers? I would say Marcus Smart had slightly less than that leading the Celtics, but he doesn't handle the ball or get enough assists to turn the ball over that much. Give me Marcus Smart, 201 turnovers. The answer is Jason Tatum, 217. Oh, oh slightly more. Slightly okay. more. Slightly sloppier than Steph. I guess the goal, the the 
lesson here is the best players turn the ball over because they also have the ball the most. That's right. I remember when you and I learned who has like the all-time most traveling calls against them. And it was Carl Malone. And he traveled like (laughs) 17 miles in steps (laughs) over the course of his 20-year NBA career. The mailman. The, The third question. Who averaged the highest amount of steals per game this season Ooh. in the NBA? Uh, was it DeJounte Murray? It was. Really good job. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank you. And should the we only say, N- feel free to play at home as well, or you don't want people thinking about the answers? Just I like hope everyone, I plug your ears. Plug your ears. This game's only think, for Amir. <laughs> yes, yes. And don't even think about a name. Yeah. Sing a song to yourself. All right, I'll try and speed this up because I don't want to take up too much time. Uh-huh. Um, the leaders for Golden State and Boston were Smart and Curry um, in terms of steals per game. Yeah, Can you put a number on it? Um, one and a half per game. That's exactly in between them. 1.7 for Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, and 1.3 for Curry. Pretty good. He's been getting better. And you know what? As somebody that um, prides themselves on their physical appearance and noticing how people are jacked or not, Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, low-key jacked. Maybe not even low-key anymore. When he's not a mime, he's He's, pretty jacked. He's pretty thick. (laughs) Good for Steph. Let's call this the last question. Let's call this the last question. Because you only had five, and this is the fifth. And no, and this is the fourth, and this oh, is the fourth. I just one. didn't want to get too buried in trivia. Okay. But, we, but uh, we'll read the room. Ready? Light, lightning round, but it's only two questions. Okay. Lightning's going to strike twice. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> First question. Who played more games this season, Clay Thompson or Kyrie Irving? Mm, I think Kyrie only played like 27. He played 29. So I think Clay played... 30-ish. So I'll go Clay as more. Wow, you're right. Clay, 32. How did you... What What in your brain tells you that Clay came back sooner or I played thought, more games? I, I recently heard that Kyrie only played like 29 because um, who had him at... Oh, Jalen Rose put him on third-team NBA and people yeah. were up in arms. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and I thought Clay came back sometime after the All-Star break, but he didn't really miss many games after that. That's right. All right, um, last question. All right, last question. Who played the most minutes in the NBA? God, is it Russell Westbrook again? So I'm going to tell you the answer because it's more interesting to hear the answer than for you to try and figure it out. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges of the Phoenix Suns led the NBA 2.9 thousand minutes. Okay. Solid. 2,900, yeah. The second most minutes in the NBA, Miles Bridges <laughs> by like 26 minutes. <laughs> I remember finding out pretty late in their lives that they're not related. Really thought Isn't they were it, brothers. Can we relate them? Can we just, it'd be more convenient. It'd be more fun were, to watch them. They were also drafted like back to back, I think. Like they took Mikhail and then they took Miles. Two bridges. Yes. Roughly the same height. And I would two be bridges. they brothers. Yes. Not and they related. had that great clip of like Mikhail trying to go up on Miles Bridges and Miles Bridges like swats him at the rim and they both like giggle to one another as if they had done this their whole lives yes. growing up. It's yes. so confusing. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason that Nikhil Alexander Walker and SGA are related and these bridges brothers are not brothers <laughs> something doesn't add up here between these two bridges the um i'll say this cousins though. at the very least yeah be cousins yes minutes leaders for both teams this is kind of interesting uh-huh. jason tatum played two uh 2700 minutes this season the leader for the yeah it's a lot the leader for the golden state warriors was wiggins with 2300 minutes so that's 400 less minutes between the leaders and then you start going down to like the steps and the clays and that wear and tear on the body, you know, yeah. it actually does start to, you'd think, add up. I mean, Golden State looked fresh running Very around the fresh. court. And they're still fresh right now. They haven't played. By the time the game t- 
tips off on Thursday, they'll have eight days off. Yeah. And do you think that's a gameplay thing? Like, do you think that the Eastern Conference is just that rough and tumble 90-point games in the playoffs thing and Golden State might not be look as fresh against an Eastern Conference team? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to find out whether the 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 battles that the Celtics went through, we still don't know yet if that like prepared them to now just carve through the Warriors. Like, this is easy. Right. Or they're going to stumble into the Warriors and be like, we are so gassed from having to play Jimmy Butler that I can't chase you anymore, Steph Curry. It's true. I mean, the Jimmy Butler in the bubble was like the most tired I've ever seen a human being look before. Yeah. And that series that we just watched in the Eastern Conference had a lot of that energy where it was like these guys are just kind of like stumbling back to the bench, like 12th round in a 12 round fight. Yeah. Well, OK, how about this? Let's start with the the game seven, because that's sort of the only one I remember at this point. Okay. Game six was insane that Miami actually came back and forced a game seven. But game seven, we watched together. Yes. Um, more specifically, the the shot at the end where. Miami was down 13. They cut it to two. They even got the ball with like 20 seconds left. Jimmy Butler runs down and shoots a three right away. That three. Do you like the three or did you not like the three? I can't even now remember. I felt it like both sides so many different ways. I think when it happened, we were all like, why would you do that? There's 20 feet of space. And it was, who was it? Horford on him? Like at worst, you can get to the rack. At worst. that's That's what the argument was. Like just drive to the basket. You either get fouled or make it. You've been doing that all game. But then the counter to that is you make that shot and you're a legend and, you know, we all go double crazy. So it's like you kind of want to take that shot, right? Yeah, I think the real thing is the I I like the shot um, just because he was so fatigued. Like the idea of like getting to the hole, making it. Okay, now you tie the game. Best case scenario, we go into overtime and you have to play about another five more minutes at least. But wasn't there no. like 17 seconds to your yep. point? So yeah. it's like there was. It, this wasn't like a game-winning shot. No. This was just like, I don't care. Just chuck it up yes. shot. Well, he's Jimmy Butler, and he's looking right. around. He's like, here are my options. Do I give it to Bam? He's not going to make a three. Right. Do I give it to Oladipo, Struz? Who else is Gabe on the Gabe Vincent? Yeah. I don't know. Kyle Lowry? I don't know where he is like, at this point. This is game seven. I haven't missed a second of action. I have 40-something points. I'm, yeah. I'm the man. I'm like, if I'm going to shoot a three, it's going to be now or never. And then right. even if we miss, we can get the rebound or foul, and hopefully they miss free throws. So and I it was just so weird. It was just so weird that they were even in that position because that whole game yeah. was like nine to 14 points. They were just down and there was just no way of getting it closer. Yes. And like, I couldn't even tell you this, the series of events that made it like a seven point game, a five point game, a three point game. Yeah. It was just like, what are we I remember watching? There was, a, there was a Struis put back. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was a, That's right. There was like a Struis curl three that he actually made. I think that. Yeah. Too. That had March Madness vibes, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, holy shit, what's going on? Right. And the, the Celtics kept driving and kept kind of getting fouled and like missing layups. And then Miami would just always get the rebound. Yeah. And I mean, so to answer your question today, I'm glad he took it. Like if, if he had a layup there, we wouldn't be talking about that moment at all. But like, it was a fun move. You yes. do wish it went in. Like those are the shots ridiculous. that go in. They just those insane. go in if at Jimmy home Butler in Miami. That, yeah, if he made that, that would be one of the best shots ever. You had like, talked about too. The crowd was dead. Yes, that dead. game dead. <laughs> Not into it. <laughs> that was bubble energy. Like, just put the cardboard back up, put the screens back up. Like, it was just quiet for three quarters of that game. It was like Miami never even. Miami made six threes the game. Like Clay Thompson made eight in, in game oof. five. Miami made six. So like Boston's going from that to the Warriors. Yeah. Maybe that's a good transition. What do you, I mean, 
who do you who are you rooting for? Who do you think wins? What's your prediction? It's funny. I was rooting for Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals, and now I find myself rooting for Boston in the finals. Because you dislike the Warriors or just because you like the players of Boston? No, yeah, I'm just this Boston team. Like, I'm a Knicks fan. We are also supposed to hate the city of Boston. We're also supposed to hate all of their sports franchises. But, like, the players on this team, they're that I. I'm not a fan of Boston's fans. Just like Chuck is not a fan of Golden State's fans, I am certainly, and no one should be a fan of Boston's fans, frankly. No, they're not good fans. You see the fans that they show, and it's like Dana White and like the Barstool Sports guy, and then yep. like, yeah. Yep. And it's just like, ooh, like where does my where does my fandom go? But the dudes who, like Jalen Brown, I, I really like his game. Tatum, how can you not like his game? Robert Williams III, really love his game. Marcus Smart, really love his game. Like, there's a lot of players on the team that I'm just like, I would like to see this group win. They could also be that team that's like, oh shit, but now they win a lot. A lot, yeah, a lot. They're young. They're still all in their 20s and they were all drafted by Boston. So it's all very homegrown. And Al Horford is very easy to root for. Yeah. Yeah. 15th, 16th year. He's never made it this far. So we all know it's been well documented. You are not a Celtics uh, franchise fan. But of those players, do you like the players or do you also like have to just, just dislike the players? I mean, Marcus Smart's pretty annoying with the flopping. He's kind of frustrating. And mm-hmm. I don't care for Marcus Smart's antics, you know, as a <laughs> casual fan watching. It's like the whole Pat Bev, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul. Like Every team, every good team now has that player, though. You got to have a guy that'll flail his arms when you tickle his nose. The brat. Yeah. The brat. Pretend like he got knocked into the chin and onto the ground. Why not bring on a sixth player for each team? So you still have a point guard, you still have a shooting guard, and then you can have one brat guard. Oh, and this good. brat guard just is just it just exactly there's a sg a pg yeah. and a bg a and he's just pest. annoying he's yes. just a pest and annoying like is he just always, talks is it always point guards that are pests like you never see like a seven foot pest right well kevin garnett was kind of a pest yeah but not in like a floppity way not like in a kyle lowry pat bev chris paul marcus smart is luca the biggest uh the biggest kind of pest we have that's a good question. He's a full-bodied pest. He's not he's a like a body pest. He's, he's not a power a forward guard. pest. Yeah. Who's a pest? I mean, once you get to a certain size, you can't be bratty anymore. Is you know, it's it like it's, I just don't think it works anymore. I don't think it's like yeah, it's like it's the big dog, look. small dog, where it's like the small dog is be like six ten, two eighty, and then like somebody touches you and you fall backwards. Who is like the most soft or like sensitive? Even if it's not true, but like we like receive him as such right. big man. Like, yeah. I can't think of one that, like, whines or mopes. Yeah. Blake Griffin was pretty whiny when he was on the Clippers. Yeah. He's but a big still guy. not not known to be a whiner. Not no. known to just, like, cry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's something about the point guard energy. Like, the Jose Alvarado is, like, the and, new class of pest. And they're all, like, getting, like, TNT deals. Like, all these dudes are also, like... Getting yeah. like we talked about it previously, but like Pat Bev's on TV. Do you see Alvarado is on NBA TV with Shams? Is he has he? a show. That's yes. really nice. <laughs> he has he has like a picture of like the four guys behind the desk looking to camera. And it's like, is that Alvarado? Is that, <laughs> it is. I get it's like they're marketing slash branding themselves while playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, it's to me it's it's weird when there's the crossover where it's like oh, he's known to be a talker and now he's like hosting podcasts and stuff. But when they come back to the court, it's like, 
you've just had like three months of just like being media. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, it's just, it's such a weird confluence that we've never really had like this before. Right. I think it all started with the, uh, I'm not going to let you take a practice shot after the timeout is called. You Go know on. that move, the goal. Of course. Of and course. It sort of became like, a, I'm going to defend you all the way back to your bench because you might shoot a shot and I can't let you do that either. No practice shots. Go on. And then that sort of transitioned to on-court behavior of like the, if you, jump in the air i'm gonna lean into you the trey young style jim mm-hmm. james harden style um mm-hmm. cheesy fouls and then that became whatever it is now which is like the when i rip through or swing up i'm gonna pretend like you broke my nose uh-huh. fall back and i'm gonna fall down so that the refs have to call it so what buckets listener with graphic design skills is going to make the evolution of nba man yeah <laughs> <When> <laughs> where they're, they're devolving they're getting shorter yes. and shorter and shorter yeah yeah i had a a center pest i think it was my middle school coach or it was somebody during middle school basketball tryouts um he didn't just pull me aside he pulled a couple people aside and said something to the effect of wear a bright shirt during timeouts or during tryouts and i was like what and he's like wear the brightest shirt you have (laughs) and i was like why and he's like you have to do everything you can to stand out Wow. Like, even if you're playing well, coaches just might not be looking at you. He's like, but if you can just catch their eye or get their attention doing something beyond basketball, people will look at you and people will like talk about you. And then you'll probably make the team. Wow. I mean, Pat Bev and these other dudes, you know, it's like. If you look at Pat Bev's stats, it's like, who's this ninth best player on his team? Eight, six, and three. Yeah. You know, like 8.6 assists, maybe three rebounds. He's so much more like audacious than like Jaden McDaniels, who's out playing him, that like nobody knows or cares about because he's just a fine player. And he just like gets headlines and he talks a lot and is a great defender, sure. But like his personality is the yellow shirt my coach tried to tell me to wear. He was right. like, do anything, even if it means just talk and be annoying out there. Do the um, Warriors have that? I guess Draymond. Draymond is a pretty big pest. You know, Draymond is almost like the Belichick where it's like the coach's tree. Everyone yeah. who like learned from him and like brought, he almost seems like everyone learned from Draymond and now it's like refining it in their own branded way. Yeah, but Draymond's not like a flopping kind of pest. He's more of like a, I secretly hit you in a weird way, like inventing unique ways to get flagrant fouls or to like taunt the crowd or to yell at the ref. I used to give him a lot of shit for kicking his leg up on rebounds, but I've realized that I do that from time to time. And every time I'm doing it, my leg just goes flying up. I'm like, you need to like apologize to someone like in the basketball game. I'm like, you didn't kick anyone, but you're a, you're a menace out there. So I pull it. I I pull back that, uh, that thing on him, but he can't get a second technical foul. It seems like he yells at refs and he always gets a first tech in the first quarter. And then it's impossible. Like just like a protective shield where they just won't. Why is that? I think the refs want to, quote, let them play. They don't want to be part of the game. Mm-hmm. And so they feel bad. So they like let, okay, let me let the in- initial and one thing go. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, the and one's not going to get me a tech. Maybe I can do like the, I'm still jawing at the ref mm-hmm. up and down the court. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right, I just won't, I'm not, I'm not going to react. Maybe it's their way of fighting back a passive protest against Draymond yelling at them. I guess that makes sense. He's also just feels like he's been grandfathered into being allowed to yell at refs. Because like he's been doing it for so long yeah. that it's almost just like we're used to it. Whereas the other guys, it's like, hey, you haven't been here long enough to yell at me like that. It's, do, you think, do you think the animosity towards the refs like carries out after the game, or it's just the purely game energy? Like, good when question. He's yelling at the refs, he's like literally like screaming at an adult, and then like this is the game ender. He's still like, fuck you, I'm coming after you. Or like, wow, that was a crazy heated moment. Sorry about that, Danny Crawford or whatever the hell. 
my my best guess would be that they don't feel the same anger towards them, but they still believe they were right. I see. And, you know, because, like, he's like when we drive in traffic. Like, the way that we behave, like how we yell. I don't know if you do. But, Road like, rage. if someone cuts you off, the way that you yell through your window, like, you're up window so that no one will ever hear the things right. you're actually saying. <laughs> yeah. But, like... I just like am so inflammatory. Like I could just go up in a second and yeah. snap on somebody. And it's like Draymond kind of has that energy with refs too. Cause like 10 seconds later, I'm just humming along to the song again. I'm now That's listening right. to the radio. Everything's fine. He kind of has that energy where it's like, I can't believe you just like dishonored me. Yeah. And now we're back to normal again. Yeah. <laughs> so like peaks and valleys, little road rage yeah. spurts. Just very inflammatory. It can just like combust at any moment and then just go back to normal. Uh, okay. So you said you are find yourself rooting for the Celtics over the Warriors. Yeah, I assume that you find yourself rooting for the Warriors over the Celtics, or are you not rooting at all? I'd like to see the Celtics lose, um, mostly because uh, they're fans. I'd like to see their fans not be happy, not to lord it over the Laker fans. I'd Mm -hmm. like to hear, listen to a Bill Simmons podcast, and he's dejected, upset, scared. It'd it'd be fun, especially because they've sort of been the best team in this playoffs. So if they they should not win the championship... (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. It's kind of a failure for them. Are we numb to Steph Curry? Do we just not give Steph Curry the credit he deserves, or do we give him adequate? He's a pretty adequate, um, adored, adequately adored superstar. I think mm-hmm. people are uh, really impressed with this run. Is it like something about him feels like we just don't give him like God-level like at like just different like lebron's body and his just like his physical nature and how he can dunk and do things that no mortal can possibly do feels like he goes to god level like kevin durant is just like somehow like to me seems like he gets more love than steph curry from an offensive standpoint because he can do the impossible and he's quote-unquote unguardable but steph just wins yeah steph is tiny and just wins is yeah i don't know something about it is just like we have, this is the first time he's kind of coming up in 30 minutes on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Well, people are now saying that he's, uh, it's like him and Magic is the best point guards of all time. Like he's already catapulted himself as like one of the best players at that position ever. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, two or three years ago when they were struggling, it was like, you know, I still have Isaiah Thomas over him. I still have John Stockton over him. Right. And now it's like he, he made it this far with this team, six, cha- six finals, eight years. It's him and Magic and nobody else. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Would he, he he goes to another team? Does that team go to the finals? I I would think it depends on the team because he was on that play in team that lost. Right. And they didn't have right. Clay and I guess Poole wasn't Poole yet. And but Wiggins How about was there. Poole? And, How about Poole? 
Pool's great. Pool is, um, I guess, an amazing offensive player, but as far as I can read slash understand, a huge defensive liability. Really? I yeah. never heard the second part before. That's right, yeah. So okay. I guess um, from what I've been reading, it seems like the more casual fan slash um, non-analytical, non-basketball nerd fans are like, Warriors are the best team. They're back. They're going to win. They're mm-hmm. the best offense. They destroyed everybody up until now, and they're going to have no problem with Boston. And Vegas and, says the same thing, correct? Vegas has the Warriors favored as well. Okay. Um, but there are a few from like um, the more like, let's break it down analytically and see which team is actually better, who do have Boston winning mm-hmm. this game, winning the series because they're taller, they're stronger, they're better at defense, and they don't have like their worst player is still pretty good defensively. Like they mm-hmm. won't have a Jordan Poole out there. They'll have Grant yeah. Williams who can guard anybody one through five. I know. I was kind of doing matchups to myself uh, earlier today, and I was like, Boston can match up player for player, and like, they have. Like they've, I think they have a winning record against Steve Kerr, which is no other team has. And that's in the regular season, I assume, which is like one game, and then we travel for a while and see you in three months. Exactly. It's different it's between... Season. Yeah, you're not chasing Steph Curry for seven consecutive games or however many it ends up being. Correct, yeah. And that's so that's so different. And that's where that question I was asking earlier about how do you, how many minutes do you think the most the, the player who has played the most... The fact that Tatum's played 2,700 and Curry's played like 600 less than that. Yeah. You know, that's like 15 to 18 games that he just does not have tread on his legs. And coming off a series where they just kind of smoked Dallas, like That's right. broke them early. It's just, I could just, I feel that third quarter run from the Golden State Warriors. Like, I just see it already, you know, where they yeah. just go on a 22 to two run and you're just like, God damn, it happens Especially fast. Especially at home and they have home court advantage. Yeah. And like less minutes, less tread on their t- legs. It's like, this could just, so I think my instinct is like, what would you have to put a number on it? How many games do you think it would go? So I am rooting for Golden State, and I'm hoping that Boston is tired. But I think with the rest, plus I'm going to go with the battle-tested, and now Mm -hmm. they're stronger for it. I, um, I'm I think the most likely outcome is Celtics in six. Wow, dude! Stealing one of the first two games, uh, winning at home, and then finishing out uh, in Game Six. That would be so very awesome. <laughs> Not for me. I hope I'm wrong. So do you do an emotional hedge and put money on that bet? Yes, and I did. I was going to say. Yeah. So okay. Celtics in six is four to one. Okay. Celtics in five, if they're just like, if this is a Detroit a lot. versus Los Angeles situation where it's like, our team is just better than you. We're going to clamp you down defensively. You're going to win one game and we're just going to. Put that the kibosh on you guys. Very unlikely. That's correct. It's ten to one, but I bet yeah. on a little, a little bit on both. Okay. Because oh, you put it some on the ten to one too. Yeah, some on the five, Celtics and five. Because I, I wow. really do think that. I mean, again, I hope that I'm wrong, but I see this as a holy shit. The Celtics are just taller and stronger. Like, yeah, the Warriors have Wiggins and then a bunch of really good short offensive players like Jordan mm-hmm. Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson on you know, coming back from a surgery is not necessarily mm-hmm. a great defensive player. And then the Celtics have big athletic, strong guys that can body up Jimmy Butler or try to stop him or try Took to out- stop Giannis. And now they're playing little guys that are running around and passing very well, but not necessarily big, strong dudes. Totally. They've been playing. against a completely different breed of yes. like basketball players. So they yes. went Brooklyn. Then they went Milwaukee. Then they went Miami. Is, am right. I right in saying that? Yeah. That is, 
you're right. They have a very good chance of winning the NBA championship. That's that's they like beat, that's those are not easy teams. They those have, they have Durant, champions. You beat Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Jimmy Butler. The Warriors beat Jokic. Mm-hmm. John Morant, kind of. Yeah, kind of. And the Luka and Luka. Doncic, yeah. But those the, are like uh, slower European non-physical style players. Mm-hmm. Like Giannis is hurting you, and right. Jimmy Butler is bodying you up and never shooting any threes and making you feel pain down low. And Golden State, like, they killed Dallas. I've said it like three or four times now, but that was just like such a, it's like, I'm going back and forth with who I really think is going to win this. Like, I, they killed Dallas. Like, I'm, I'm remembering it now. It was like, oh, there just wasn't competition really to be had in that. And what does that say? Because Dallas was a really good defensive team. Am I wrong in saying that? They were very good against, yeah, against uh, the Suns. It's It's all hard to like, wrap your head around like is the are the suns really bad or were the mavericks right that good? Are right the mavericks that bad or are the warriors that good are the yeah warriors that bad or are the grizzlies that good it's it's hard to figure out until it's all said and done so it's hard to use it as a predictive thing but i guess we'll know next week if the celtics were just like yeah like the east was the championship that was right. like the gauntlet now we're here it's like all right what are you going to run around and try to shoot threes on us we can do yeah. that and did you have to and then what did you happen to catch um, Jimmy Butler whispering into Jason Tatum's ear after the oh, game? Yeah. It's your title. It's, it's pretty good. Uh-huh. I, I thought that Miami actually came off as really gracious losers. Like oh, it seemed yeah. like they like knew they were going to lose, even though it was like a two, three, or four point game, whatever it was. Like when they were like hugging those guys at the end, there seemed like a real mutual respect between those two teams. Yeah, I think they were. Maybe they were resting on the fact that like we were hurt, we were hobbled, we gave it our all, and we still almost beat you guys. Yeah, but you're the best team in the NBA. Now go like prove it. Yeah, they had a couple players on their team that were running like they had dirty diapers because they were so hurt. Like. Yeah. Tyler Hero running down the court. It was just no. like, no, no. <laughs> Something was wrong with that leg. Your groin was, was clearly off. But yeah. had a bum knee. And yeah. that's pretty much every player they had. Yeah, right. Uh, and here I'm we are. Worried. I am worried yeah. a little bit that the work, the, the Celtics are just going to um, clamp down Golden State. And if Golden State can't make 17 threes against them, then they can't really slow them down either. The styles are so different. The style, like it really feels like an East Coast and a West Coast style, just like coming at. So I wonder, and I ask you, do you think that there will be tight games, or do you think that like one style will just win each game? I think it'll be as boring as it sounds. Like if the Warriors do make seventeen of their forty-five threes, right. they'll probably win. But if they're if they're like, oh shit, we haven't really played someone as good as Boston. They, you know, they played Nuggets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. which are, you know, solid teams, but nobody as good as um, Al Horford. And then you right. switch and it's Jalen Brown. And then you switch, it's Jason Tatum. And then it's, you switch and it's Marcus Smart. There's yeah. no there's no targeting a, a weak uh, defensive player on that roster. And you didn't even say Robert Williams in all That's of right. that. Who's, who's like back argue- there helping. Just a monster, just swatting shots violently. Mm, yeah. yeah. And also, <laughs> like, with the Lakers season from hell, it's like, it just feels like destiny that, like, you Boston. guys... You guys imploded, so here comes the Celtics championship. Just to complete the the season from hell storyline. Let me ask you this as a Lakers fan. Um, Jason Tatum was wearing a purple and gold armband with the number 24 on it. That was pretty cool. Does that warm you up to Jason Tatum? Yeah, it does. And if he wants to complete the look entirely, I wouldn't actually <laughs> mind it. If he wants to, <laughs> I, I wonder if he can wear 24 for the Lakers um, <laughs> when he's done with Boston. Because Kobe honestly didn't like the Celtics that much either. And if you really wanted to honor the hashtag Mamba mentality of it all, right. he would 
<laughs> literally caused the Celtics to lose. Uh huh. And then I don't at, know at the end of game fucking four or seven or whatever. No. Tear off his Celtics jersey and it's a Laker jersey underneath. That it's would be shocking, dude. That would be shocking, would, right? Shocking. That would be great. <laughs> it's like when Kyrie Irving was like, I'm going to be a, like a Celtic for life, or I'm, I can't wait to come back. He was on the microphone saying that, and like the next week, he was like, yeah, I'm going somewhere I'm else. I'm yeah, out of yeah. here. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't realize what I was saying. That was People more just, like a, a pep rally speech. It was locker yeah. room talk. I didn't mean it. As I was asking you the question, I was like, I know exactly what this is going to set off, what chain of events this is going to set off, and what Amir's going to say right now. That's right. It's weird that the NBA allowed it. I feel like the NBA, the NFL, every day, there's certain things you can and cannot wear. And to wear another team's colors, just strange. Yeah, would not, you wouldn't think so. And maybe they made the whole Kobe exception because it's like, you know, honoring his legacy. If Kobe was still alive, one, he wouldn't wear it, and two, I don't know if they would approve that. Right. Hey, maybe has, they were just like, here's a $25,000 fine. And he's like, okay, right. that's fine. Yeah. And then the Celtics say we pay it. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a rookie head coach that has won the NBA championship? I believe Steve Kerr was when the Warriors. Oh, won. there you go. He just there came in, go. changed everything, and won a championship. Nuts. <laughs> Shout out to him. Still doing it. <laughs> Oddly St- enough. Still doing it. Yes. The this is That was in 2015. This is... Eight seasons later, and they're back in the back in the finals. That's hard. And to we're asking we're asking the same questions. It's like, can they hit thirty threes in a row? Yes, they can. Will they win their seventh championship? Probably. <laughs> it is pretty cool that it's a nucleus of three people that's stuck together for eight seasons. That doesn't yeah. happen in the NBA. Would you say that the last one was the Spurs with Manu, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan? Yeah, I guess that was the last big three. The um, like homegrown kind of. Yeah. Usually it's like Dirk stays, but like the rotating cast and crew around right. is, is a revolving door. Right. But yeah, all three of those guys being there for eight seasons in a row, making six championships. Yeah. Good Good job. Yeah. But I will say, as cool and as confident as the Warriors are, the whole Draymond, no one can, no one can beat us when we're whole proclamation felt a little weak to me because they were whole against the Cavs except for Draymond in game five okay and then they were like oh shit we need Kevin Durant because we can't beat this team very easily it turns out then they get Kevin Durant and they win some championships after getting him but then they haven't actually won since Kevin Durant left so when you say nobody can beat us when we're whole does that include the player that you recruited or does that just mean that one championship because you're one and one before Kevin Durant was there so it's not necessarily your undefeated whole you'd make a great lawyer first and foremost yeah. you lay out your case very clearly yeah. and succinctly so yeah. well done well, the, the facts are there. It's pretty clear. It's simple to lay out. You have the result. It's like not like in life. There's actual winners and losers here. So I can point to actual facts and stats. That's right. Um, I think that the biggest question surrounding the whole Kevin Durant, Golden State, like um, him coming there is like who, what was their motivation to do that? Was it just that we have the cap space and we can? Do you really believe that they internally said, oh shit, we might not be able to be a dynasty unless we get him? Or do you think that it was like, yo, we might be able to get him, why not? I think it's, we might be able to get him, why not? But right. then if they had won the, if they had beat the Cavs in seven, maybe they wouldn't be as uh, desperate to add mm-hmm. literally the second best player in the NBA to their team. That's fair. Do you think, do you hold Draymond Green to his word? Like, to me, there are times where 
mouth moves faster than brain. And I'm guilty of that too. So I'm not saying that like there's anything wrong with that per se, but his microphone is just so much louder than mine. It's yeah, like, he's a good talker, but he, yeah. it seems like that's a proclamation that he's thought of before and would stand by now. It wasn't like, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean what I said. Um, yeah, right. I guess the LeBron did beat us when we were whole. Yes. No, he's not backtracking on anything. No, no, Nor, he stands on he, every because he's trying to like set himself up. Yeah, I think that's kind of the athlete in him, though. You know, it's like it's like the dream team. Could they ever beat? Like, if you ask any of the guys on the dream team, was there ever a team that could have beat yours? And they'd all say no. But then you yes. ask like Vince Carter, could any of your USA teams? And the, he points to Kobe and Shaq and all these other dudes. And it's like, of course. But <laughs> you have to have pride, otherwise you just get destroyed. Right. It's like our players are like, I'm the best defensive player in the NBA. Like, right. Nine people think that. Right. Sure. Think that. Is Sauce Castillo a Boston Celtic? He is actually. Has he gotten a minute? Uh, maybe during blowouts, but yeah, very little runtime. They have okay. Peyton Pritchard now, so they don't need the sauce. Damn. They're <laughs> off the sauce. That's diet sauce. That's diet just like, sauce. that's ranch. His nickname should be ranch. <laughs> Peyton Pritchard. Ran- uh, ranch Richard. Pritchard. <laughs> Peyton Pranchard. <laughs> yeah, Richard. Yeah, ranch and, uh, sauce Castillo. I lofted out on Twitter. I asked, I was like, um. What do you guys think? We're recording the buckets. Who you got in the finals and why? And someone uh-huh. said, I got the Celtics because they have Sauce Castillo. And I was like, they do? <laughs> I think that came up. <laughs> well, in the, well, uh, well. The, every, every team has a Michigan player, and that was the Celtics one. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. Um, did you follow the Udonis Haslam slash other um, Heat were offended by Draymond Green's proclamation that they thought the Celtics would win or something? That he said he broke the code, too. Everyone is saying everyone broke the code. Yeah, we need to have just, a meeting and establish what the code is. Well, the code is like, I can't say who I'd rather play because that gives like the team's bulletin board material. But he didn't what? say that. He just said, I, I don't want, I won't tell you who I want to play. I'll tell you who I think we're going to play, which is Boston. Mm-hmm. And then Haslam got so offended that he's like, tell Draymond, thanks for the inspiration. That's why we won game six. Where it's like, oh, okay, you needed Draymond's weird quote to get you hyped up not to get eliminated we're talking about haslam and like we all love haslam we all fear haslam we know he's mr 305 we know he's a coach we know he's a player haslam we know but like it's haslam too (laughs) you can't get so mad at haslam haslam's just a cool dude and you don't have to necessarily get mad but he doesn't have to get that mad either that's the thing. That's exactly it. It's like, sir, like we know that you're still a part of the game, but like yeah. you don't play much. And we, we know that you're well. a good, you're a mentor and you're saying like a great ambassador to the city, but like don't talk to me player to player right now. You should, you <laughs> should literally thank Dray. Like if that actually helped them, then yes, do thank Draymond for giving him that bulletin board material because it helped. It worked. But do you think Udonis Haslam scored ten points this season? No, I don't know if he even played ten minutes this season. No way. Yeah. He, okay. Am I, I looking at He up? came in once and got a flagrant foul or a technical, and it's like that was his first eight <laughs> seconds of basketball this year. No, <laughs> no, that can't be true. Yeah. He's okay. Like a, he's like a 42 year old who's barely capable of playing anymore. But he didn't like have like a seven point team. game and a four point game. Okay. I mean, I got good news for you. Yeah. My man racked up points this, this year. This year. Yes. Season. Wow. In t- the 2021 2022 NBA season. Udonis Haslam scored 32 points. Wow, that is way over what I expected. 
Good for you, D. Yeah, two in one game, one in another, and those yeah. add up. Yeah, they have to. I mean, he he has to run up and down the court for at least part of the game if he wants to get thirty-two points. Is Haslam on there on the Heat next year? Maybe, maybe they transition him completely to coach. I mean, he he definitely is a, um, a revered and respected voice in the locker room. I don't know yeah. if they need his roster spot. Trade him to Golden State. That's what uh, I think. Uh, okay, final prediction. Um, well, Golden State has their own Haslam. It's Andrea Gudala, who's also not quite playing with a mentor <laughs> role. <laughs> so you need to have a pest, and you need to have the grandfather. That's right. The one angry grandfather, grandfather. One pest, and okay. good defense, solid offense, if necessary. Okay. Good blueprint. Uh, my uh, final prediction. Yeah. I've been going back and forth a lot. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go Golden State in seven. Love it. Love they're it. going to blow out in their wins and they're going they're going to blow out uh, the Celtics in their wins and they will lose close games in their losses. What do you think game one? They're coming off eight days of rest. They're at home and rested. Boston's coming in off three days of rest and on the road. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Warriors just roll them or is, is Boston in a rhythm and Golden State might be a little rusty? 117-102 Golden State. Holy shit. 15 points. Amazing. It's going to be a close game until the last two minutes, and then they're just going to go three, 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 three. I think this happened last round where we both thought the other team was going to win, and we we're rooting uh, for the other team. So I want Golden State to win, and I think True. Boston will win. And you, you want Boston to win, and you think Golden State will win. So as a, and we can wrap it up here, but as a well-established Boston uh, hater who has now money on the Celtics, when you're watching these games, what are you rooting for more? I think I'm going to root for the Celtics to lose. And then when they don't and they win in five, it's like, you know what? At least I'm put $50 on them to win in five games. So worst case scenario is Boston wins in seven. Yes, that's doomsday. Yes. That's doomsday. That is a hard win to go to Golden State, a stadium that does get very loud. That's right. In Game 7. In Game 7. That is a tall, tall task. And as Draymond will tell you, they've never lost a Game 7 at home okay ever in the he will, playoffs he will tell you a lot of things folks yeah <laughs> he'll tell true, you a lot but he'll right. tell you that they they've never lost whole mm-hmm. their whole squad has never lost mm-hmm. a game seven at home shall we set expectations for the buckets listeners um real quick about will they get another podcast mid-series at some point or not wow mid-series i mean something special is going to have to happen like um the celtics doing exactly what i expected just so i can say i told you so other than that what would bring us a 50 point game do you think we see a 50 point game do you think we see an overtime game i don't know if we've seen an overtime game in the playoffs that's a good call there haven't been a lot of overtime games all right well we will wait for the inevitable moment where everyone tweets we need an emergency pod and we'll consider yes. it then. emergency pod injury one last bold prediction for me some that attract please someone gets covid during the season mm. sort of oh. happened with horford a couple series ago do you think that the nba would just slip them a negative test i think they're not testing unless they're like physically ill so i think there are players who will cough sniff mm-hmm. and sneeze mm-hmm. their way past playing mm-hmm but at a certain point, if someone's actually sick, they're going to have to test them. And I think that's when uh, somebody will actually get COVID and enter protocols. It happened to Steve Kerr uh, last series. And yeah. the coach got it and none of the players did. 
that's what I'm saying about the whole, <laughs> does the NBA have something that they need to happen? And that's get these guys back. Uh, yeah, I doubt a team will administer a test. That's true. That's why it's kind of a long shot prediction. Do you, I will make a prediction as well, one that okay. I haven't thought of. I think that there will be another one of these weird protests. They haven't happened since the first round of the NBA, where people glued their wrist to the court or chained themselves. Minnesota specific. They were targeting the, the Timberwolves owner. Oh, every one of those, those were correlated attacks? Yeah, it was all Minnesota games, I believe, I believe, about their owner, Glenn Taylor, doing something with animal rights or something. All right, well, I'm going to guess that someone's going to storm the court in a leprechaun costume because of some sort of Irish rights. Um, And that's going to, yeah, in Boston, that's my bold prediction. Unzip the hoodie, wearing super glue on their chest. (laughs) They do a uh, belly flop onto the free throw line. Go on. They can't lift them up because they're wearing super glue. They're stuck to the court. <laughs> it's a fast-acting adhesive. And who is it revealed to be, Amir? None other than Patrick Beverly himself. <laughs> the ultimate test. <laughs> Remember me? <laughs> He's back. Yes. Yes. Why is yes. Why is he here, though? <laughs> uh, animal rights, I think. Okay, animal rights. <laughs> Uh, all right, William, where can people hear more of you? Um, hear more of me, No Joke Pod. You know the drill. Uh, at Billy Scafiri across all socials. Hell yeah. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to the seven people on Twitter who clamored for more. Here it is. More buckets. We're almost at the finish line. And then we can focus on what matters, which is off-season acquisitions, the NBA draft, stuff that actually involves the Knicks and Lakers. The fun part of the NBA season. Exactly. After all these sort of pesky games get done. Pests and pesks. Thank you. See you soon, everybody. Bye. That was a HeadGum Original.